All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the show where lines are not only discussed but possibly consumed. This is the Catalina Line Mixer Live from 24 Stories Up. I am your host, Frank Catalina. Tomorrow is Super Bowl Sunday. I'd be a lot more excited if the shitty Eagles weren't playing. Not only are they playing, but they're actually favored, which would crush me over the next couple of months if they win. But either way, the Super Bowl is here, which is exciting news. I'm going to give you my take on the game later on. But I wanted to start off the show with how about the NBA, huh? They stole away Super Bowl week with their trade deadline news. It was really exciting to watch. I, I never really got too pumped for the NBA trade deadline. The A-lister names are usually moved during the offseason, but that wasn't the case this year with the trade of Kevin Durant to Phoenix, which I am absolutely obsessed with. Phoenix has to be viewed as the Western Conference favorites uh, for this upcoming year next to the Warriors. I know the Warriors are the seventh seed right now, but... I just feel like they're kind of sleepwalking through the year. I mean, they're they've done it. They've been there, done that before. They're going to play better for the remaining of the year to to increase their seeding. One thing I find fascinating about this KD deal is he is for the first time in his entire career he's going to be playing with a true point guard in Chris Paul. In OKC, he played with Russell Westbrook, who was ball centric. In Brooklyn, he played with Kyrie who is also ball-centric. Now he has Chris Paul, who is a true distributing point guard. We don't really see much of those type of point guards anymore in the in the NBA. A lot of them are, most of them are high-volume shooters now, but Chris Paul is certainly one of the best, and it's going to be fun watching him play alongside Devin Booker, who, keep in mind, he finished as a finalist for MVP last year, so you have those three, and you also have the big man in Aiton who can run the floor really well. He was rumored to being traded during the offseason, not getting along with the coach, but he's a great talent, and I'm sure they just kind of hushed it up because you didn't even hear him being rumored during the trade deadline. So it's going to be exciting to see those four now. Obviously, their, their bench is depleted, but when you have four stars like that, it makes up for it. How they gel together over the next few months will be very telling. Nothing is guaranteed, as we saw in Brooklyn with Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and Harden together. I mean, Kevin Durant and Kyrie were together for around three years. Harden came in. I think he was there for about a year, year and a half. But overall, they only played 16 games together. Again, nothing is guaranteed. But on paper, the Suns look lethal. Speaking of Kyrie, he was also traded to Dallas and played extremely well in his first two games. In the game last night, he actually had 10 assists, which, I mean, is that the first time he's ever had double-digit assists in a game? He's always shooting. I, I think he's a great player, but uh, obviously he's a little cuckoo uh, off the court. But So the Mavericks are 2-0 since the transaction of Kyrie. It looks like Luka is probable to play tonight, which will be exciting to watch to see how they gel together. But to be completely honest with you, I don't see this working out in terms of them making a run at the chip. Reason being, both players need the ball to elevate their own games. 
With Kyrie playing alongside a star, it's only worked once, which was with LeBron James, who's a more of a distributor, even though <clears throat> he just uh, became the all-time scoring leader in NBA history. Yeah, he's uh, 100% the GOAT, but I don't want to steer course. My expectation is Kyrie and Luka are going to look similar to what it looked like in Brooklyn with Kyrie and KD. The only thing holding me back on my on that opinion is the fact that Luka, Luka's been a star in this league for only five years, and Kyrie is by far the best and most talented player he's ever played with. So I'm intrigued to see if he can successfully change his game at all. Since he's ball-centric, can he switch it up to be more of a distributor like a LeBron? When LeBron records a triple-double, it's it's more natural. I feel like he doesn't really force it too much, whereas I don't want to say, I hate to say this about Luka, but it's his triple-doubles are a lot similar to Russell Westbrook's back when he was uh, in the MVP finalist uh, in OKC, which now he's just god-awful. I've never been a fan of Westbrook's game. I think he's... I feel like he was just hunting for those triple doubles just to say, hey, look, look at my stat line. And I don't want to say Luka's the same way, um, but it just feels a little bit more forced. And I don't really blame him because he's he's been their best player for basically his entire career there. So it, it's more like he has to play that way in order to produce. But now he has Kyrie, so... I'm gonna. I'm interested to see if it'll be more of like a uh, easy flowing type of triple double performance out of Luca throughout the year in terms of getting everyone else involved with uh, assisting and rebounding and things like that, compared to what it's been. And you know, again, if, if Kyrie continues to have ten assists a game, this could be a really nice team. But you know, it's one night. Let's not let's not go crazy. I'm not really a big fan of the NBA regular season because it's nine months long and everyone makes the playoffs. But watching the rest of the season from here on out will be fun. I'll be checking to see how the Suns play together. Obviously, as I mentioned earlier, the Warriors will certainly make a run to avoid the playing game. And I'm really excited to see how Luka and Kyrie play together. I also just wanted to know what a colossal failure, epic, dumpster fire the Brooklyn Nets are. I am stoic about it. I'm a diehard Knicks fan. I was crushed when Katie and Kyrie decided to go to Brooklyn. Now, pff, fuck them. Not the players, the team. Um, I'm I'm super excited that Brooklyn is now going to be irrelevant for the next, I don't know, four or five years. Yeah, they got a bunch of draft picks, but they didn't get nearly the return they should have for a player on the same level as Durant. And I, and I also found it interesting that there was reports out there that before, uh, after they traded Kyrie, that the Suns actually reached out to them, offering them Chris Paul, which if you're trying to salvage the Kevin Durant signing, maybe trade Kyrie for a Chris Paul, let it play out for a year. That would have really worked because the Nets also have a lot of other shooters as well. And like Seth Curry, and they also have Joe Harris on their bench. So, I mean, and, and and then obviously the emergence of Cam Thomas. But I was also hearing reports that the owner of the Nets, he just was sick of everything. He just wanted to kind of re- have a reset. And the reason why he elected to choose the trades that he agreed with with other teams, respectfully the Suns and the Mavericks, is because he wants to 
get under that $100 million tax threshold, which if you're a fan of the Nets, which, you know, the 19 people that are actually fans of them, that's got to make you sick because this guy, all he cares about is getting under the tax limit. You could have gotten Chris Paul to play with Durant. And then what? Chris Paul is 38, 39 years old. He's not going to be around that much longer. And then if you have success, then, you know, maybe it convinces Kevin Durant to want to stay and try to add someone else in the offseason. So it was it was really surprising to me that they elected to trade Kyrie to Dallas instead of to Phoenix, but ultimately Durant ends up in Phoenix, and wow, I'm really excited to watch them for sure. So kudos to the NBA for making a huge splash really throughout the entire week of Super Bowl week. I mean, the NFL dominates 11 months out of the entire year, so it's surprising to see the NBA not just make news, but really steal the, the headlines. It was funny watching the, the sports shows all week on Fox Sports 1 and ESPN. They're all at the Super Bowl, but they're all talking basketball. And you got like a uh, first take, for example, you have like guys like Tim Legler calling in from Bristol or whatever he was to during Super Bowl week to talk about these trades. It was amazing. It was actually, it was interesting, but um, definitely good for the NBA. Um, but of course, NFL is king. So let's jump back into NFL. Interesting news with the quarterback shuffling going on with my man, Derek Carr. He's only met with the Saints. Now, I think this is more because a lot of teams are just saying, listen, by the 15th of February, the Raiders are either going to have to pay you $40 million or you're going to be cut. And obviously the Raiders aren't going to do that. So I think a lot of teams are just kind of holding their breath and waiting a couple of days. But I am surprised that a few teams haven't at least reached out. I think the draft compensation is only like a third round pick and maybe some other fourth and fifth rounders. So it's not like the Raiders are demanding two first and a second. And it's just to talk to them. The report I read was that the Saints and the Raiders have the trade on paper, agreed to, ready to go. It's just a matter of, Derek Carr waving his no trade clause, which I really pray he doesn't. I really want him to be a free agent. Let him go around and talk to whoever he wants, whatever he wants. Not only that, but as a fan of the Giants like myself, I think there's the Giants and a few other teams that would most certainly talk to Derek Carr if he was a complete free agent. As a Giants fan, using them as, as an example, if if they wanted to talk to Derek Carr now, it's going to hit the news all over the place that they reached out to the Raiders to ask for permission, and then there's going to be a whole bunch of speculation. I'm sure they don't want to bring that on to their franchise and onto their uh, potentially franchise quarterback Daniel Jones. So, but like other teams, like the Jets, the Panthers, I am shocked. The Panthers haven't reached out to try to talk to Derek Carr. Um, they're, they've been looking for a quarterback since they became in existence. So for them not to even try to reach out, I, again, I think it's because they're just all waiting for Derek Carr to eventually be cut. But the Saints are the only team that really jumped out there and said, hey, we want to talk to him. Apparently, Derek Carr was there for two days. And I really am praying that and I'm sure the other teams around the league are too, that he just holds off. Not just not just to be a free agent, but to stick it to the Raiders. Why do you want to why do you want a team that you're gonna sign with give away a third round pick to the team that is basically cutting you loose? 
I, I don't understand why he wouldn't just tell the Raiders, listen, I'm not meeting with anybody. I'm just going to wait until, I don't know, February 20th or the 25th to start talking to teams. They had to cut him by the 15th. So, and if that was the case, maybe they would just get rid of him now. Of course, I when I look at the Derek Carr situation, you know, I obviously think of where would be the best situation for him to go and play. But of course, I'm a degenerate gambler. So the first thing I really think of is what are the odds? What can I throw money on? See what the odds are for what team can land Derek Carr. Um, just a, uh, you know, I mentioned it earlier. Might as well say it again. Uh, the Giants are plus 2,000 to land Derek Carr. Why not? Throw like 50 bucks on it. Again, if he becomes a free agent, I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants reached out to talk to him and kind of hit it under the radar. They haven't, they haven't talked to Daniel Jones about contract extensions at all, and, they, and rightfully so. He sucks. So that's maybe something to keep an eye on. Um, but for real, if, back to reality, if you're seriously considering throwing some money on a team that could land Carr, it's definitely the Carolina Panthers. They're at plus 1,200. Their best two quarterbacks in their franchise's history are Cam Newton and Jake Delhomme. I mean, with Frank Ray as their new coach in that shitty division with those weapons and that defense, are you shitting me? They'd easily win the division. The Saints are in a very similar situation as the Panthers in terms of where their team sits today. Saints also have weapons. They also have a good defense. And they are also in that same shitty division. The only problem I have with the Saints is I don't know how I really feel about about Dennis Allen. And when I say I don't know how I feel about him, I mean, I'm not sure if he's an okay coach or just a terrible coach. But I'm not a really, I don't know. I don't know about Dennis Allen. Now, I do know about Frank Wright, and I do have a lot of faith in him. With the Colts and that, you know, with with Jim Ursay breathing down his neck, I know everyone lives in the present, and you know Carson Wentz played terribly in, in uh, with the Commanders, with a defensive coach. But they played really well last year. They lost in the last game of the year that could have gotten them into the playoffs. But look at what they were this year with Matt Ryan, who's what fifty-seven years old. They were they're god awful, god awful. I mean, they would have been way better off with Wentz than they were with Matt Ryan. So I thought Frank Ray got a raw deal in Indianapolis, and now he has a fresh start in Carolina, and you have you have all these quarterbacks available. I mean, Aaron Rodgers isn't, isn't going to go there. They might, you know, they might be looking into Jimmy G, but the guy is Derek Carr. You got to go out and at least give it a shot. If, if I were the Panthers, and I'm sitting there reading that the Saints call to uh, meet up with Derek Carr, and they have a trade in place already, I would pick up the phone yesterday and be like, whoa, 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 we're interested too. Whatever they gave you, we'll give you an extra two picks or whatever it is. We need to sit down with Derek Carr as well. I, I'm, I'm, this is so fascinating to me how there's just nothing going on with Derek Carr. And again, it could be just because, it could be just because in five days he could be cut. But man, Derek Carr is a special guy, especially with the market out there. I mentioned before the other option out there is Aaron Rodgers. (sighs) Boy, I mean, listen, what a a shame. He he is such a talented quarterback. Oh, my God. Not only me, but what other other professional quarterbacks, 
to have his arm. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, he's also so bad. He's such a fucking clown. He really, really is. Going on retreats and making the Packers put their entire offseason on hold after going 8-9 and missing the playoffs. Like, all right, last year when they got to the NFC Divisional round against the 49ers and they lose, all right, Aaron Rodgers wants to take his time and, you know, go and trip out in the woods somewhere. Okay, like, you know what, dude? You just brought us to the playoffs, fine. You know, take take a month, whatever it is. Now it's like, now he's doing it again after an 8-9 and nine season, after a win-and-get-in scenario at home against the Detroit Lions, and he fucked up. Now he's doing it again? He's not only putting the Packers offseason plans on hold, he's putting the other teams interested, their plans on hold, the Raiders. They're definitely interested in Rodgers, the Jets. That's why it's like, if you're the Jets, fuck Rodgers, man. Like, he's he's the worst. Don't get me wrong, I'm all for taking vacations to trip out on drugs. That sounds fucking awesome. But you're Aaron Rodgers. You can't wait until you retire to do that shit, which will be in like a year or two. Or he potentially might retire this year too. Who knows? But, of course, since I live in New York, all I'm hearing is Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. We need to get Aaron Rodgers. Go and get him. Why? I don't understand it. Jets have a great defense. Okay. But so do the Packers. Packers finished in the top 10 this past year in defense. I think everyone forgot about that. Yeah, but the Jets have such really good young weapons at at receiver. Yeah, well, so do the Packers. And it took nine weeks for Rodgers to actually trust Christian Watson, who played great at the end of the year. The only difference between the Packers and the Jets is the Packers play in the NFC without any quarterbacks even remotely close to the level of Rodgers. The AFC, on the other hand, is loaded with quarterbacks. The top five quarterbacks in the league are hands down in the AFC. Now, if you told me Rodgers got traded to the Jets and spent significant time this offseason working with his young group of receivers in preparation of the season, I'd, I'd buy into it a little bit. But he's not going to. Rodgers only cares about one person, which is himself. As a Jets fan, if you want him just to make the season interesting, okay, I, I guess I can buy that. But why But why would you want to repeat of the Favre years when you could sign or trade for a 32-year-old Derek Carr? You don't think Derek Carr is good? Okay, give it two or three years. See what happens. If it works, great. If it doesn't, you're not going to have different results with Rodgers. All right, maybe Rodgers will have more like, oh my God, type of plays, but he's not going to win anything. The Jets have... One of the worst quarterback situations in the entire NFL. Anyone else at quarterback would give a boost of excitement. Jimmy G would give a boost of excitement over dreadful Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco. I don't. I I just don't understand the Rodgers hype. I really don't. You want to sign him? Cool. What is your end game here? I don't even think you're going to win. You're not going to beat the Bills in your division. The Dolphins actually might be interested in Rodgers. Now, if if it comes down, if the Dolphins actually emerge as like favorites for to land Rodgers, then okay, maybe the Jets just go in there and get Rodgers just so he doesn't, they don't have to play against him. Rodgers in Miami with those weapons, phew, all right, that would be fun. 
I, I still don't think they would win because Rodgers always folds like a cheap tent in the playoffs. Either way, if the Jets were to land Aaron Rodgers, they're not going to beat the Bills for, in a division. And even if they did, even if they made the playoffs, they're, they're not going to beat the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Chargers are going to be better. I'm, I think the I, I, I think the Broncos are going to be better with Russell Wilson. That's a different topic. But just the guarantees, the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Bills are always in contention. I don't. He's not going to get through that gauntlet. He couldn't get by Jimmy Garoppolo at home. Jimmy Garoppolo, who didn't have an offensive touchdown in that game, and they still lost. I mean, come on. I. I all right. Go ahead. Trade the farm for Rodgers. Pick up his $60 million tab, and then next year, I don't know, wait like two or three months for him to make a decision while he goes to Antarctica and trips out with the fucking seals. And then he decides, all right, uh, I don't know if I'm going to play or not. You want to you sign up for that bullshit? Okay. Have a good time. So obviously I'll be tracking the news of these quarterbacks moving around. Jimmy Garoppolo is out there too, but you know he's not really exciting. With that being said, let's segue into the Super Bowl that is coming up in just a day. I'm really excited. Again, I hate, I fucking hate the Eagles, but, and I might, I might get sick while I'm saying this, but you know what? I think it's time to just accept fate and give props to Philly. I mean, they have won consistently really over the course of 20 years without a great quarterback. I typed in Google, who are the Eagles' top five quarterbacks in franchise history? And, I, you know, give or take a few spots. I'm not saying I'm, I'm the one through five positions I totally agree with, but these are the names that popped up. Number one was McNabb. Okay. Number two was Cunningham. Yep. Okay. Number three was Nick Foles. Then Ron Jaworski who I think should definitely be ahead of Foles, but whatever. And then Carson Wentz. We're not talking about a really top class of quarterbacks here. and But they've done nothing but win. Yeah, they've had a few stinkers here and there, but when they're good, they're always in the mix. One thing I really do appreciate about Philly is their ability to change over the course of three, four years. If they make a bad decision at quarterback, they do not double down. They are risk takers and they will say, all right, we'll get, just get rid of them and bring someone else in. Remember when they had Carson Wentz and they drafted Jalen Hurts, everyone was like, what? Like, what, why would they do that? Carson Wentz is still in his rookie contract, but eventually they moved on from Wentz and I was like a stag. I'm like, yeah, like that was a fucked up decision on them. And now they're in the Super Bowl. So uh, <clears throat> anyways, but yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying though. They make it work. I, I don't understand. Like, you know, all these, there's so many teams out there that have these quarterbacks for, you know, eight, 10, 12, 15 years. And even if it, even if it, like Matt Ryan, for example, in Atlanta, he was a good quarterback early in his career. And then he had that one MVP caliber year with Kyle Shanahan, where they blew the Super Bowl 28 to three to the Patriots when they could have easily just ran the football and won it. But, um, but you know, then obviously it was it was downhill from there, and they, they stuck with him. They stuck with him, I don't know, what, five, six years after that? They gave him a boatload of money. Another example, my New York Giants. 
I, I hate to keep bringing up the Giants, but fuck it. I'm a Giants fan. If you want to like it, go somewhere else. Eli Manning, he was here for a year, 15 years, whatever it was. He had his two Super Bowl runs, which was fantastic. I fucking loved every second of it. Then he had a few years after that where he teetered a little bit. But towards the end, like, I love Eli Manning. I fucking love that guy. If I ever saw him, I would give him a fucking kiss right on the right in the lips. But the the last two or three years, I'm like, yo, you got to get rid of this guy. He's just, he, it's not, I'm, you know, father time catches up to everyone. It's time to move on. Let's go. But, you know, the Giants are like, no, nah, we're loyal to our guys. All right, well, then suck for eight years then. You know, like, what, what are you going to say? And now they're loyal to their guys. Daniel Jones, he won us a playoff game. Let's give him $40 million a year. He's a fucking train wreck. Anyways... <laughs> Not to teeter up a little bit, but a lot of teams in the NFL do that. But the Eagles don't. They are always changing, always evolving, and they make it work. Look at their head coaching tree. They moved on from Andy Reid after the 2012 season, which I thought was crazy at the time because Andy Reid's Andy Reid. But then they brought in Chip Kelly, who everyone always thinks of as like this dumpster fire train wreck. Chip Kelly had Nick Foles and Sam Bradford as his quarterback in the three years he was there. And he actually had a record above 500, 26 and 22. Not terrible, but again, not good enough for Philly. So what do they do? They get rid of him and they bring in Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson comes in, brings him to a Super Bowl and beats the New England Patriots. Wow. Oh my God. First Super Bowl in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's build a statue outside for this of this guy. Wow. Then like two years later, they get rid of him. <laughs> they get rid of him. And, and they bring in this guy, Nick Sariani, who had the most awkward press conference while being introduced as a coach. Everyone was like, who the fuck is this guy? And here we are. Philly's back in the Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts. <laughs> you can't make this shit up. They... they they switch up so much at head coach, at at quarterback, the two most pivotal positions or roles on a team, and they just keep rocking and rolling. I mentioned all four of those coaches, they all finished above 500. Three out of four of them made a Super Bowl appearance. Obviously, Doug Peterson was the only one that won. Sirianni will find out tomorrow if he can win. <clears throat> so... You know, I always rag on the Eagles because I hate them as a Giants fan. But man, you know, I give them a lot of credit. That it's not, it's not an easy thing to tell your fan base. After, you know, for example, when they got rid of Carson Wentz, all right, we we drafted this guy Jalen Hurts who got benched in the national championship game at Alabama. Um, so we're gonna take this basically backup quarterback over Carson Wentz who. Just a year or two before that, had an MVP-type season, the year they won the Super Bowl, before he got hurt. And it worked. Everything just clicks. And like I said, they do have their clunkers in the middle. They do have their clunkers in between seasons here and there. But it always seems to work out for them at the end. And here we are, Sirianni. Now in two years, if Sirianni's fired and Jalen Hurts gets cut, all right, now I won't be... I won't be excited anymore. I'll just be like, oh, great. What's next? What, are you going to bring in the next Belichick and the next Brady too? Fuck. So kudos to them. 
I'm not I'm not going to go into a whole thing about the Kansas City Chiefs. We all know who they are. We all know what they've done. Yada, yada, fucking yada. The Kansas City Chiefs are back. I, I, I don't have a problem with them. I, lo- I really like Andy Reid. I'm a fan of Patrick Mahomes. I just cannot stand Travis Kelsey. What he did at that post-game conference when they won the AFC Championship, so annoying. Like, just shut the fuck up, bro. For real. Like, who would you be without Mahomes anyways? Nah, he's actually a good athlete, but fuck, man. He's just, like, so annoying. If he was my guy, I'd be like, ugh, but he's not. So, shut up. Um, so, because everyone knows about the Chiefs and their whole background, and I'm not going to bore anyone with anything about that. So, with that being said, Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57 is just about... 24 hours away, give or take. And I know I know everyone is like totally invested in my picks. They're like, yo, Frank, you gotta help me out, man. Gotta pay my mortgage. But unfortunately, I I cannot give you a clear answer on this game. I don't fucking know. It's such a good matchup. It really is. These two teams. The Eagles have the edge in overall player talent. That's for that's a fact. They have a sick defense. Their front four is off the charts. That will definitely cause problems for Mahomes, but they don't have Patty Mahomes. Say what you want, but Jalen Hurts is just not, he's definitely not Mahomes. And it's just the most, I know they've done well without him playing to Mahomes' level, but God, the quarterback position is so important. <sighs> You know, every time I lean towards the Eagles, I'm like, yeah, but Patty Mahomes. But then every time I lean towards the Chiefs, I keep getting flashbacks of that, of Super Bowl 55 when he like completely shit his pants against the Bucs. So I I decided, you know what, let's just kind of sit down for a few minutes and really look into the numbers here. Patty Mahomes has been to two Super Bowls. He is one and one in those Super Bowls. And if you look at his numbers in both of those games, including the win, they're really not that great. So in Super Bowl 54, when they won, they beat the 49ers. His numbers were okay. He finished 26 of 42, 286 yards passing, two touchdowns, two picks, and he had a quarterback rating of 78.1. But if you remember that game, the fourth quarter is when he played at his best. And it really wasn't like his very best. In that fourth quarter, he had the two touchdowns in the game. But he also threw an interception in that quarter. The Chiefs were able to sustain points even without, or even without Mahomes throwing a touchdown pass throughout the first three quarters. And they were able to win. But one thing I want to note, keep that in mind, his numbers were, oh, they were pretty good. They're okay. He was sacked four times in that game. Now let's look at the next year, Super Bowl 55, when the Bucks beat down the Chiefs 31-9. to <clears throat> Not only did Mahomes not play well, this was argu- arguably one of his worst performances as a pro, if not in his entire career. He was 26 of 49, 270 yards passing, zero touchdowns, and two picks with a quarterback rating of 52.3, 
and he was sacked three times in that game. So, so against the 49ers and against the Bucks, both games he had 26 completions. Against the 49ers, he had 42 attempts, 49 against the Bucks. Zero touchdowns against the Bucks, two against the Niners, but two interceptions in each game. So I was thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, those, you know, God, those are pretty similar numbers, give or take a few things here or there. So then I dove a little bit deeper and I'm like, let's look at the defensive rankings of those teams and compare them to the Eagles this year. And what do you know? It's, it's like they're fucking identical. It's, it's wild. Total defensive rankings, points per game allowed by the defense. In 2019, the 49ers finished eighth. In 2020, the Bucks finished eighth. This year, the Eagles, you guessed it, they finished eighth in points per game allowed. Identical. Okay, let's go to passing yards allowed by the defense. In 2019, 49ers first in the NFL. Hmm. Now, 2020, the Bucks finished 21st. All right, that kind of threw me off a little bit. But the Eagles, 2022, finished first. Wow, just like the 49ers. Okay, let's dive a little deeper. How about the defense total yards allowed for that entire year? 2019, the 49ers defense finished second. In 2020, the Bucks, their defense, their defense finished sixth in the NFL. In total yards allowed. And yes, in 2022, the Eagles finished second in the NFL in total yards allowed per game. It is identically the same in terms of rankings as the 49ers. Wow. Shocked. All right. So, when I, but at the same time, they beat the Niners, even though it was a rough. Three quarters there. He turned it on in the fourth quarter. So the Bucks are a little bit of an outlier. They're similar in basically everything except for the passing yards allowed, which, all right. But one thing that really, like I said, I get flashbacks about was Patrick Mahomes running for his life. So I decided, let, let me look at the sacks by each defense per year over the course of the entire season. In 2019, the San Francisco 49ers finished 6th in the NFL in sacks. Okay. In 2020, the Bucks finished 5th in the NFL. And as we all remember, that was a key reason why the Chiefs lost that game. This year, the Eagles finished 1st in the NFL by a mile. 2nd was actually Kansas City with 55, but the Eagles finished 1st with 70. And out of those 70, they had four different players who had 10-plus sacks or more this year. So it's not just coming from one guy. Then I decided, okay, well, looking back on the previous two Super Bowls from Mahomes, he was only sacked four times in the Niners game and was only sacked three times against the Bucs. So I decided, let me look at pressures. And I found online... There's a stat called pressures percentage, which is 
the quarterback, the times the quarterback is hurried, plus the times the quarterback is knocked down, plus sacks all combined and taken into a wild percentage. With this stat in mind, in 2019, the 49ers defense finished second in the NFL in pressures percentage. 2020, the Bucks defense finished third in the NFL pressures percentage. So the Eagles got to be what, like 10th in the league, 12th? Nope. It's got to be exactly like the 49ers. They finished second in the NFL in pressures percentage. Not only that, but they finished 18th in the NFL in blitz percentage. So they're not even really blitzing heavy in these games. This is just the front four piling it on. Man, I'll tell you, Mahomes certainly does not get any breaks when he's against these uh, opposing defenses in the Super Bowl. What's crazy to me is when you look back at all those numbers, the Eagles are almost identical to the San Francisco 49ers, but he actually won that game. So I think it's safe to say that if we're going to predict how the Eagles defense is going to play in this Super Bowl, I would think it's going to be closer to the Bucs. You know, just because they're basically identical in terms of stats against the 49ers and Mahomes won that game doesn't mean he's off the hook. I think this could be a really troubling game for Mahomes if he's not careful. And if Andy Reid, if he doesn't come up with the correct game plan, this could possibly be a long day for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I just threw up in my mouth earlier about praising the Eagles. Yeah, whatever. Cool. But let's now get to, you know, the negatives of the Eagles since I just kind of bashed Mahomes. One thing that's obvious is that they haven't needed Jalen Hurts to play great yet. And my biggest question going into this game is, is he healthy enough to play great if needed? Or I should say when needed because, come on, Super Bowl against the Chiefs. He's going to have to step up. Look at their road to the Super Bowl. They beat the Fraud Giants 38-7. Hurts had, he actually had a, he had a pretty good game. He was 16-24, 154 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks, a rating of 112.2. Now, it, 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 those numbers seem good, but it's, they're more complimentary. They, he didn't need to really do that, do that much. They obviously killed him 38 to 7. You know, if if Hertz threw one touchdown pass, I think the Eagles would have been just fine. Or even zero touchdown passes, they would have been fine. Then against the 49ers, who the Niners have a much better defense than the Giants did. <clears throat> Niners, or sorry, the Eagles won 31 to 7. Jalen Hurts, 15 of 25, 121 yards, zero touchdowns, zero picks. 72.2 quarterback rating. I'm telling you, he hasn't looked sharp. And he's going to have to be sharp to play to beat the Chiefs. I don't know if it's his injury. I don't know if, hey, we're up by 100. Let's just run the football all day. I don't really know. But that's the biggest question. That, that's really why I, I'm having such a hard time gaining a grasp on how this game is going to play out. Because I don't know what Jalen Hurts I'm going to get. I doubt the Eagles are going to blow them out. And if they do, then yeah, you might have the same stat line and everything will be uh, crystal. But in a tight game, 
Is he going to be able to step it up? I don't know. And it's driving me insane. It's driving me insane. I just want to watch the game. So one thing I will say, though, is that the Eagles, I've went off about the Eagles defense before, and rightfully so. They're, they're, they, they had a great year. But let's also keep in mind that the Chiefs defense is very good as well. I mentioned earlier that they finished second in the league in sacks. And the AFC is loaded with quarterback talent. The Eagles, since week five, look at the opposing quarterbacks the Eagles have faced this year. They faced Josh Johnson, Brock Purdy, Daniel Jones, Davis Webb, Andy Dalton, and lost. They lost that game. Dak Prescott, who, yeah, he's not that good. Uh, Justin Fields, who's good, but, you know, he's not Joe Burrow. Daniel Jones again. Ryan Tannehill. Aaron Rodgers, who's probably, you know, tripping out. Matt Ryan's 100 years old. Taylor Heineke, David Mills, Kenny Pickett, Cooper Rush. You get the picture. No one's even close to the level of Mahomes. Even though the defense has done what they they were supposed to do, which was beat up on bad opponents, this is really going to be their first time playing a guy of Matt of Patrick Mahomes' caliber, and it just, the more I dive into this game, the more questions I'm left with than answers, and it's driving me fucking nuts. So, to get to my bets, when it comes to the game, take it with a grain of salt, I am not feeling good about my pick. And I swear, even today, I flip-flopped four times already. I don't feel good, but I think I'm going to have to go with the Philadelphia Eagles at minus one and a half points. The money line is minus 125. Might as well take that. The reason why I'm picking Philadelphia is because I feel Kansas City is too reliant on Mahomes who has his hands full against that Eagles defense. But the Eagles offense is like a Swiss Army knife. They can slice and dice you in so many different ways. I just went over Jalen Hurts' numbers before, and they are blowouts. I'm really impressed by Nick Sirianni's offense. They've done nothing but throw up numbers after numbers after numbers in each and every week. Um, so that's the main reason why I ultimately decided to go with the Eagles. If Mahomes is struggling, then what are the Chiefs going to do? They're not going to run. I, I don't see them. I don't see the defense having like a pick six if Hurts is only throwing it 18 times. So it really pains me to say, but I think, I think the Eagles are going to win this game. But I will say this about Patrick Mahomes. This is a signature game for Patty Mahomes. I know he's 27, and this is his already his third Super Bowl appearance. But, as I mentioned earlier, he's 1-1 one one in the Super Bowls, and, a loss would, and another loss would obviously bring him to 1-2. He has not played great in those Super Bowls. His numbers, I mentioned, were decent on paper against the Niners. But if you want to compare Mahomes' numbers by quarter... Out of eight quarters, he's played terribly in seven of them and decent in one of them, which was the fourth quarter against the Niners. I went on a rant a few weeks back before the 
Dallas 49ers game and how that was such a signature game for Dak Prescott. I mean, on a different level, of course. I mean, Dak is just trying to fight to get into the top 10 of quarterbacks, which he clearly failed miserably. But this is this is kind of similar to Mahomes in terms of signature moments, obviously for different reasons. Um it's a signature it's a signature game for Mahomes because he's now entering the conversation of possibly being a top 10 quarterback of all time. I've actually seen experts and I put that in air quotes on TV already saying he's like in a top 5. It's like, bro, he can never make the playoffs ever again after this year and you would still put him in your top 5 of all time. I mean, Mahomes will probably make it to the playoffs, but he could get hurt. You never know. You just never know. And before you throw him into the top 10 of all time, let him like play a little bit. He's well, he's only played, what, five, six years? Give him a break. But again, this is now he's going to be his third Super Bowl appearance. And keep in mind that Patty Mahomes contract hasn't kicked in yet. It's kicking in next year. I know he took a more team-friendly deal to obtain other stars and keep stars on it around him. But it's definitely going to take a, a hit into their depth for sure. So this could be <clears throat> the last Patty Mahomes Super Bowl runs and maybe for the next, you know, one, two, three years, maybe until he gets familiar, gets from, gets familiar with the talent around him moving forward. All right. You want to, you want to start going into the top tens of all times. You got to really, you got to win. You got to not only win the game, but you got to play pretty well. If he has another game like the 49ers, um, then I mean, yeah, he's two and one in Super Bowls, but he's not going to be regarded as one of the top 10 greatest. If you have one good quarter out of all of your Super Bowls, it's not, it's not really good. At the end of the day, he's a trust fund. He's the trust fund baby of the NFL. He was drafted by Kansas City with Andy Reid. He was able to sit out for a year, but then he came in to his second year, his first year playing. He had all these weapons. He had Tyreek Hill. He had Travis Kelsey. He had a really good offensive line. Defense was outstanding, and now it's time to turn those years into championships. I think he's really talented. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to take anything away from him, but let's. Put your mouth where your money's at, bro. Win these games. Show me something. And against a great defense, can you win this game tomorrow against Philly? Vegas doesn't think you can. Prove me wrong, Patty. Prove me wrong. Show me that you are one of those guys. Not like a Peyton Manning who's a generational talent only in the regular season. Obviously, Mahomes has had more postseason success, but don't turn into one of those guys that, you know, Peyton would just get to the playoffs and then shit his pants. Don't turn into one of those guys that just makes it to the Super Bowl and then shit your pants too. <clears throat> He's been suspect in some games. Remember last year, they blew that, what, 15-point lead against the Bengals at home? I mean, yeah, it was Joe Burrow, but that was the Bengals' first year. They were, they're all, they're, I mean, they're still kids now, but the, Joe Burrow was in his second year. Jamar Chase was a rookie. Now, you beat Joe Burrow in this game, and I don't want to say it was because of the refs. It definitely wasn't. They won that game. That that penalty at the end of that Bengals-Chiefs game was a penalty for sure. They've been The refs have been calling that all year long. It sucked that the game had to end like that, but they, they won the game outright. Chiefs definitely deserve to be here, but you got to go out there and prove it, Mahomes. P- prove that you are a top 10 guy of all time. 
or at least in that conversation, give me a performance that I will forever watch the Eagles losing on TV. I would love that. All right, so I'm not crazy about the bet of the game itself at Eagles minus one and a half or money line at minus 125. <clears throat> but I do have some other bets that I feel good about. I feel really good about the under 51 in the game. I've been talking this entire time about how Mahomes is going up against a really tough defense, and if they can shut him down, I don't really see them having another option of to score points. On the, on the flip side, yes, Philadelphia is a Swiss Army knife with their offense, but it's the Super Bowl, and things could get a little tight out there, and I do think it's going to be a close game, so... Can Jalen Hurts really step up at a key drive to put up a touchdown, or are they going to have to settle for field goals? It's it's just a little dicey, and I feel like it's going to be more of like a um, like a 28-21 game or a 24-21 game, something along those lines, just whatever it is, under 51. I do like the under 51. <clears throat> prop bets. So the way I view prop bets is, I mean, especially for the Super Bowl, there's like a million options out there. You just kind of sit back and think of how the game is going to play out, and then you, you kind of go from there. So what I think is Jalen Hurts is, is obviously his first Super Bowl. I think he's going to be a little tight early on. And I think early on, maybe the first three drives, three or four drives, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be going to his second, third options a lot faster which is why I think the Kenneth Gainwell of over one and a half receptions at minus 140 and also the over 11 and a half receiving yards, which is at minus 125, are locks. I, I really think that he's going to rely on his receivers out of the backfield, like his running backs and maybe even Goddard you know, on flats here and there. I think he's going to tippy-toe his way into this game. and he's not, I don't think he's going to come out aggressive and throw it you know 50 yards down to A.J., Brown. So Kenneth Gainwell, I really like. And obviously, Miles Sanders is going to get the bulk of the playing time. But Gainwell, they like using Gainwell out of the backfield on third down, in third down situations. So it's only over one and a half, and it's only over 11 and a half receiving yards. I think he had two catches in the NFC Championship game and the divisional round. But like I said, because Hertz is going to be coming out a little tight and relying on those guys more than usual. That's why I like the overs on both one and a half receptions and 11 and a half receiving yards. Also, keep in mind that Kansas City is very poor against defending running backs in through the receiving game. They're, they're one of the worst in the league. So that could be a weakness that Philadelphia tries to, to ex- expose because Gainwell does have really good speed. So I can see, I, I think, I, I love those picks. Also, I really love Boston Scott over eight and a half rushing yards. He, it, it's eight and a half yards and the, it's at minus 120. The guys had six carries over the past two games, both for 32 yards and 21 yards. Eight and a half yards? Are you fucking kidding me? <clears throat> I do have some bets regarding the Chiefs as well. <clears throat> I love, I love Mahomes over 38 and a half passing attempts. 
Did you not hear me go over the defenses, how they're identical to the Bucks and the 49ers in the Mahomes' previous two Super Bowl appearances? And in both games, he had over 42 passing attempts. In the game that he lost against the Bucks, he threw 49 times. So, and listen, even if the Chiefs do win the game, it's I don't think it's going to be a smooth win. It's not going to be one of those like, oh, the no looks and they're up, you know, 24 to 10. He's going to have to grind for these points and the yards. So I can easily see him throwing over 38 and a half times. It's at minus 135. <clears throat> Again, all, all the numbers I'm getting are off DraftKings. So I love that one. Uh, here's a random bet I saw that I thought was pretty cool. Um, Flea Flicker. The odds of a flea flicker occurring by either team is plus 210. Why not? This game is involving two of the most creative offensive coaches really in the league this year. <clears throat> Certainly Andy Reid. Sirianni's on his way. I can see a flea flicker in there. Also, another completely random long shot that I saw. I thought it was pretty cool. I might throw like 10 bucks on this. <clears throat> if any offensive lineman scores a touchdown, it's plus 3,500. I could... Definitely see that happening with the Chiefs. The Eagles, maybe not, but the Chiefs—they love to—they <clears throat> love to do funky shit in the red zone. I could 100% see that happening. And uh, yeah, that's all I got for you guys. So <clears throat> there's a lot of prop bets out there. I'm not betting the fucking coin toss. If you want to do that, kudos to you. But at the end of the day, hope everyone enjoys Super Bowl Sunday. I hope it's a good game. Just give me a good game, man. We've had a really great season, and and especially if the Eagles win by a wide margin, I, you know, I'd be pretty bummed out. But I just hope for a really good game. I want to see, um, obviously, I want to see all my bets hit, but I would also like to see if Mahomes could rise above his uh, past Super Bowl per- performances and really solidify himself as at least in the at least be invited in the room as considered a top 10 quarterback of all time or at least on your way there so that's all i have for you thank you so much for tuning in enjoy super bowl sunday bet safe be safe i'm out peace